I've been counted out many times in my life, as have many of my teammates. I hope we just dig deep and find a way. We will truly be underdogs. Hopefully we can embrace that, and then this thing looks a little different. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Now, here's your host, Grant Bills. I just want to give a shout out uh, before we start the show and before we get to the Packers, before we start complaining about that catastrophe. I just want to give a shout out to uh, people working the polls today. I went to vote before work this morning, and everyone was so nice, so nice. And they're there volunteering their time. Just smile on their face. Oh, thanks for coming in. Yeah, yeah, no, thank you. That's what we do in the Midwest. I thank someone for doing something for me, and they're like, oh, thank you for thanking me. You know, that whole Midwestern thing we got. My polling place today was at a public library. I was not prepared. I had to register to vote there. Because I, I didn't get it done in time. No, I brought a proof of residence. I was prepared, but the guy sat down with me, did the form, was so nice. Everyone was so nice. Like, I'm paid to be at work, and I'm not that nice to people at work. It's people just donating their time. And everyone I've talked to today, and I've seen tweets about it too, everyone at the, the polling place on election day is so nice. So thank you if you were somebody who donated your time, helped uh, run our election today. I do have my I Voted sticker on. And at first, I wasn't going to put it on. At first, I was just going nah. to... You know, I'll throw it away or something. But you know what? I earned this I voted sticker because I had to bring proof of residence. I had to look ahead of time. And anytime I accomplish something, uh, some adult activity like that, I feel like we should get a sticker. Remember when they used to give out stickers at Walmart to the kids as they would leave a little smiley face sticker? That feels like it was so long ago. I'd be down for that. Like if I go to the dentist, I should get a sticker to to give proof like grant attacked the day today he went and got his teeth cleaned he gets a sticker or i go to the bank to attend to my checking account i should get a sticker for that more stickers grant bills 2024 a sticker on every sweatshirt i'm down for the stickers at first i was embarrassed but i'm like no you know what i got after it i did an adult activity and i cast my vote i participated in our democracy today i'm wearing the damn sticker i'm not wearing it tomorrow i'll wear it the rest of the day and then i'll take it off but i am gonna wear it that is talking election that's as much as we need to discuss that tonight this is the wisco sports show my name is grant bills and i hope you had an excellent day hope you got out got to your local polling place cast your vote again thank you to everyone who volunteers everyone's always so nice i'm not that nice and i'm paid to be at work those people just giving up their time so thank you to everyone who makes our election possible uh, we're not going to talk about the election anymore. We're going to talk about the Packers. They stink. So I have a couple of things that I want to get off my chest about the Packers tonight. Aaron Rodgers, Matt LaFleur, yep, that whole ordeal. We're going to discuss that. Mike Clements is going to be here at 4.30. little change in schedule today. He talked to Mike McCarthy on that conference call yesterday with the local Green Bay media, and I'm interested to see if Mike Clements has a little Mike McCarthy for us today. Maybe a soundbite from their conversation yesterday or a story from when McCarthy was coaching in Green Bay. Who knows what Mike got up his sleeve. Mike Clemens NFL on Twitter. He's going to join us in a half hour. And right before 6 o'clock, I'm hoping that something doesn't come up, and I'm hoping that we can connect with Ben Kenny and Zach Heilprin. Uh, one, because I want to ask Zach about Badger basketball last night. I watched a little bit. And by a little bit, I mean like, I don't know, probably a half hour. They're playing South Dakota. Monday Night Football was on. The Bucks were on. I, I want credit for watching the half of basketball that I did. 
All right. And I want Zach to tell me some of the things that maybe I missed or, you know, a new player we got to get to know. And then I'd love to talk to Ben as well right before their show starts. And I want him to set up Iowa, Wisconsin this Saturday, which is a college football game that I'm very excited about. Sometimes I don't get that amped about college football, but this matchup should be fun. So I'm hoping to connect with Zach and Ben right before their show starts tonight at 6, Kenny and Heilprin. So that's all coming up in the next two hours. 608-796-2558. You can text and call the show and you can tweet me at Wisco Grant. I want to start with the Packers, but I want to start with the Packers via the Indianapolis Colts. I want to talk about the Colts first. They hired Jeff Saturday yesterday as their head coach, which is kind of awesome. I don't know if it's a good hire. It probably isn't. But hey, if you're going to tank the rest of your season and you think you might be looking for a new coach in the offseason anyways, and it's just an interim, well, whatever. Might as well have fun, right? Everyone had very mixed reaction to it. Oh, he's not qualified. He leapfrogged minority candidates. It's like, look, I don't think it's that deep. You know, we can have long conversations, important conversations about um, the path that minority candidates face to head coaching jobs versus you know, white coach. We can do all that. There's a time and place for that conversation. I don't know that this is the situation where that is the most applicable. I kind of think Jim Irsay was pissed off after last year with Carson Wentz. And he's more angry now because they got Matt Ryan and he's just on tilt and he's going to do whatever he wants. And he's going to make emotional decisions. So he fired Frank Reich, which I thought Frank Reich was maybe the best leadership asset he had left. Chris Ballard is the GM that can't get the quarterback figured out. Meanwhile, Frank Reich has taken a new new quarterback basically every year and made it work. The only other teams really in the NFL, and Ben Solak wrote a good piece about this today, the few teams in the NFL that had more quarterback instability were the Commanders, who stink, the Broncos, who were terrible, and the Panthers, who just fired their head coach, and that's as hopeless of an NFL franchise as there is. Colts have actually been pretty sturdy, pretty solid. They made the playoffs two years ago. They should have made the playoffs last year. But Carson Wentz kind of crapped his shorts in the final week of the season. But they're the one who signed Carson Wentz. That's Chris Ballard. That's not on Frank Reich. Frank Reich has done a pretty good job. But I don't want to talk about Frank Reich. I don't want to talk Chris Ballard as GM or any of their quarterbacks, whether it's Jacoby Brissett or Phillip Rivers or Carson Wentz or now Matt Ryan or Sam Ellinger. That's not the point. I want to talk about the Colts on a macro level. And that's how I want to relate what the Colts are going through to maybe the Packers situation. I want to talk about the Colts' big picture. So Jim Irsay gave a press conference yesterday. A lot of fantastic sound bites. Again, entertaining, funny. If it was my team, maybe I'd be concerned, but it's not my team. Jim Irsay had this quote about the sustained success of the Indianapolis Colts, really all the way back to the beginning of Manning up until the last year or so. Here's his quote. We're the fourth winningest franchise in the league since 2000. All right, that means in the upper quartile of winners, we're in the top quartile of that upper quartile. I'm not a, look, I'm not a math guy, okay? You didn't need to go the quartile route. That seemed, that's maybe making this more complicated than it needs to be. Uh, I'm not a math guy, but I am enough of a math guy to know that the upper quartile, the top quartile, if we're talking quartiles, which is force, the upper quartile of the NFL would be the eight best teams, and then the upper quartile of that upper quartile would be two teams because two is a fourth of eight. So if they're the fourth best in the league, they are top four in the league, but they are not the upper quartile of the upper quartile. But that's not the point. That's not what Ursay is getting at. Ursay is saying, hey, over the last X number of years, there aren't many teams that have been better than us, than the Indianapolis Colts, right? And he's right, even if the presentation, 
the delivery was really funny. He's making these sweeping statements about really the last two decades or so. He's angry about the last couple of years because they haven't been able to find a quarterback. They've gotten into the playoffs once. They came up short last year, and now this year the wheels have really come off. And as he hires Jeff Saturday and as the team is about to go through what we assume is a pretty big period of transition, he's making sweeping statements. Hey, under my ownership, uh, the last two decades, we've been one of the best teams. Reminds me a little bit of the Packers right now. Hang with me, hang with me, hang with me, hang with me. Cowherd last week, right after the trade deadline, was ranting about the whiny, spoiled Packers fans. Oh, the Packers fans are upset that they want to fire the GM because he didn't trade for Chase Claypool. Bunch of spoiled fans. There have only been a couple of teams in the last XYZ years that have had a better record than the Packers, and they've only missed the playoffs twice. And You know, he's talking about the, the previous success of the Packers for the last couple of decades. They've been, as Jim Irsay said, in the upper quartile of the top quartile of the quartile of the league, right? It's essentially the same thing. Saying, hey, it's not good right now, but over the last X number of years, it's been great. There have been very few teams better than the Packers or the Colts, right? I would contend that if you got to cite the last 20 years and the success of the last 20, or in the case of the Packers, 30 years, it's probably over. It's probably over. And it's time to move to the next era. And that's okay. You know how hard it is to sustain success? Excuse me. I, I trip over my tongue here because with David Stearns, all we talk about is sustained success. But we haven't talked brewers in a while, so I, I got to bring that phrase back into my vocabulary. All we talk about is sustained success with the Brewers. Do you know how hard it is to sustain success in the NFL? The NBA, if you have a superstar, right? Like other superstars want to come play with that superstar. You can bring in free agents. A superstar makes draft picks less necessary, right? In the NBA, it's reasonably easy to sustain success. In baseball, keep paying. You can sustain success. The Dodgers keep paying. They keep winning. They're not winning World Series, but they're winning their division every year. In the NFL, it is hard to sustain success because it's a hard salary cap as opposed to the NBA, which is a soft cap or baseball, which has no cap at all. Draft picks in the NFL are very important in the NBA depends on the team. And in baseball, right? If you're bad, yeah, you get good picks, but those picks might not hit the major league level for five years. And if you're good in baseball, okay, whatever, you can still get a good prospect 30th in the draft. The NFL, it becomes really difficult. It's really hard to sustain success because you're typically paying a lot of money to your quarterback. You're not getting good draft picks. Maybe you're trading away. Meanwhile, the teams that are chasing you are getting picks in the top five. They have salary cap space to burn. It becomes really hard to sustain success in the NFL. The Niners have one of the best coaches in the league. Everybody loves John Lynch. They're great at identifying talent. They can always build a defense. They can't sustain success for three years, let alone 30, as the Packers have done. The Niners, up, down, up, down. The Packers sustain success, flat, smooth, and easy for the last 30 years. And it's really hard to do that, as the Colts have done or as the Packers have done. It's okay to say, it's done. That arrow is great. It's time to start building for the next era. It's time to put this era to bed. Stop talking about how great we've been for X number of years. Close the book on that era. It was a good one. And start building the next era, which will look different. It will be built different. Indy had Manning to Luck, which was great. And then they got a little bit unlucky. Andrew Luck blindsided the franchise, retired. And you can't 
really blame Indy for trying to keep the door propped open, right? They've chased their quarterback because, well, we got a great offensive line. We got Jack Leonard, great defensive player. So while they have this contending roster that was supposed to be built around Andrew Luck, they're trying to bring in any quarterback because, come on, we can keep it going. We just need to, mm, it's deteriorated. Their offensive line isn't as good anymore. It's broken down little by little over the last couple of years. Same with their defense. What do they have left? Eh, middle of the road roster. Matt Ryan came into town thinking he'd have a great offensive line, great running game, great defense. He's got none of that. And Indy at some point will have to tear it down, reset everything. The Packers might need to do the same thing. I think the Packers front office, in a weird, different way, got unlucky with the timing of Rodgers the last couple of years, just like the Colts got unlucky with the timing of Luck. Right? Luck just retires out of nowhere. Oh my God, what do we do? Well, the Packers front office really got put in a tough spot here because Rodgers is on the decline. He was looking poorer and poorer and poorer. So they started to make a plan for what maybe the next era would be with Jordan Love. And they kind of keyed their draft on specific types of players to build for the future, which was wrong. But that's not what we're talking about. Goody has put this team into a corner now because he's backtracked to go all in with Rodgers, who's all of a sudden playing at an MVP level again. And I'm not really sure I can blame him. I'm not really sure what else Brian Gutekinds was supposed to do. I'm not really sure what else Chris Ballard, the Colts general manager, was supposed to do. When Andrew Luck retired, was Chris Ballard supposed to look around and say, hey, I know we got this great running back, uh, great offensive line, great defense, but without the quarterback, we're screwed. We're going to tear it all down again. No, that's an impossible spot to be in. And Brian Gutekinds, I think in some ways, was also put in an impossible spot by Brian Gutekinds or Aaron Rodgers having this late career resurgence. I don't really know what else Goody was supposed to do. I don't really know what else Chris Ballard was supposed to do. Indy will need to get bad before they get better. And I feel the same about the Packers. They're slowly decaying, right? Rashawn Gary's good, but not that good. Now he's injured. And I think Shaquille Leonard for the Colts was the same way. Oh, this great linebacker. He's going to carry a defense. Well, you know, if you don't have a good quarterback and the rest of the team isn't all that great, he's good, but he's not that good. Jair is good. But he's not that good. It's a little weird, too. Some weird personality things going on there with Jair Alexander. I feel the same way about the Colts. Nelson, their guard, is really good, but not that good. Shaquille Leonard, their linebacker we're talking about. The Colts are trying to prop open this window, and it's just not working. It's slipping as they grip tighter more and more through their fingers. And I fear that the Packers are going to make the same mistakes. Now, the Packers are in a different spot. They have their quarterback, Aaron Rodgers. They've tied a lot of money into that quarterback. The Colts are the opposite. They're, they're quarterback up and retired. They didn't know what to do. But both teams are in this inflection point. Both teams are in this difficult spot where they're trying to still lean on the past. As Jim Irsay said, we've been in the upper quartile for X number of years. And the Packers could say the same thing. I think the Packers front office has to move swiftly and decisively. And don't do what the Colts did, which is bring in the proverbial string of quarterbacks to try to prop this Super Bowl window open. Don't bring in the Brissettes, the Rivers, the Wences. And I don't know that the Packers should, in this offseason, go out and sign some washed wide receivers to try to support Rodgers. Because Rodgers is here until he doesn't want to be here anymore. Right? He's making a lot of money. So I don't know what the Packers' next step is. I don't know what they do in the offseason. I don't know what they do for the rest of this regular season. But unlike the Colts, they have to do it swiftly and decisively and with a purpose, and they need to keep their head looking forward 
and stop looking back and saying, well, when Peyton Manning was here, I mean, we were in the upper quartile of the upper quartile. And when Favre and Rodgers, how great it was. Well, Rodgers might still be here. He's making a little money, but we got to start thinking about what the next era looks like. And the beginning of the next era might include Aaron Rodgers, mostly because the Packers need to include him because they've tied a lot of money to him, right? But I don't want to be thinking about how the Super Bowl window still, it's not. It's not still open. So how do we start looking at the next Super Bowl window? And that was the mistake of the Colts the last couple of years. They're trying to keep the window open, and it's just not, it's not there. It's not working, Jim Irsay. Sorry. I love this sound bite. I've never heard anything this great. We're the fourth winningest franchise in the league since 2000. All right, that means in the upper quartile of winners, we're in the top quartile of that upper quartile. That's so awesome. When you own an NFL team, you just don't have to, you don't have to care. You can just do whatever you want. Who cares? I own the team. Deal with it. Let's take a break, take some texts and calls when we come back, and then we'll get to Mike Clemens at 430. 608-796-2558. Wisco Sports Show back in three minutes. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. Mike Clemens going to be here in about 10 minutes or so. Some Brewers news today. They picked up Colton Wong's option, which I... I was surprised Matt Arnold in his press conference today. Not that we could watch it because the Brewers don't stream press conferences, but uh, said, I, I'm surprised that this is a surprise. He's been a really good player. Yeah, he has been a really good player. The thing is, though, Matt Arnold, and I know you're new as the GM, but you should understand how things work here. The Brewers uh, get rid of good players a lot for one reason or another. So that's why it's a surprise. I am actually down with picking up the option for $10 million because I think he'll probably be a lot better this coming year than he was last year. And as a left-handed hitter, the shift is going away. I think that will benefit him. And if his defense regresses to the mean next year and he's better defensively, it's going to be important to have a good defensive second baseman because you don't have the, uh, don't have the shift behind the second baseman to make up for any lackluster second base play. So a valuable player on that side of the infield is going to be even more valuable next year. I'm down for it, but... I just didn't think the Brewers were going to do it because I had a chance to save 10 bucks, bring back Jace Peterson and make him your everyday second baseman for 2 million bucks or something like that for the entire year. That seemed more of a Brewer move. A couple of texts here. Mike from Eau Claire. Oh, Mike has written us a book here. He says, okay, got my head out of the sand and I'm looking around and I guess I'm the one uh, thing I really want to think back is the beginning of a big time rebuild or we could have, hold on, Mike, what are you talking about? Uh, or you could have a one-year down and come back strong next year. I'm always and will always be an Aaron Rodgers guy. I think he's the greatest quarterback we've had, and I believe he still has some good football left in him. I agree with that. But I would like him to be more like a Tom Brady and maybe give some of that huge salary back to put good players around him. What do you think of the possibility with that, that he would come back a little humble, go at it next year with new wide receivers, these kids get some defensive pieces for our potential next year? Okay, so you're asking if Rodgers is going to take a pay cut next year? Probably not, no. The thing is, we all talk about every quarterback in the league like they should be Tom Brady. I'll give a little bit of money back. Brady is the only one who has ever done it. Brady isn't just an example of a quarterback taking less to play with more. He is the only example. Oh, yeah, good guy, Russell Wilson, Drew Brees. Fa- family men, great guys. Yeah, they didn't give money back. Nobody does it. That's their right. Right? Aaron Rodgers doesn't have to give any money back, but 
he's got to understand that obviously that puts a little bit of a squeeze on the rest of the Packers roster. But that's also the game. That's why the general manager gets paid a lot of money. You pay the quarterback what they're worth, and it's up to you to figure out the rest of the roster. And look, I, I don't think Aaron Rodgers' salary is financially prohibitive for the Packers getting good wide receivers. They could have paid Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams didn't want to be here for reasons that we can or don't need to talk about. And Brian Gutekinds could have drafted any wide receiver the last couple of years. right? And I keep bringing this up. I don't mean to sound like a broken record. I don't mean to sound annoying, but Brian Gutekinds sat on his hands in 2020 when he could have had a couple of different wide receivers. In 2021, in 2018, in 2019, he just never did it. And this is the season where those wide receivers would really be coming into their own. They would have built up a chemistry with Rodgers. They would have been educated in the system. They'd have a feel for the flow of things. And just no, there's nobody there. It's like having nobody in the minor league system coming up, right? Nobody's in the minor leagues. Nobody has been drafted. Nobody's been developing. It's not like the Packers couldn't get wide receivers this year because they couldn't go out and spend in free agency. They wouldn't have even needed to spend in free agency if they would have drafted responsibly the last couple of years. So I don't think it's Aaron Rodgers' $50 million price tag that really prohibits the Packers from putting around wide receivers. Now, Zedarius Smith needing to get cut? Yeah, that's part of it. You know, certain other players that have left um, Zedaria Smith, who's playing really well for the Vikings, which shouldn't be a total shock. Uh, Cody tweets in at Wisco Grant, at Brett Favre took a pay cut, not just at Tom Brady. I love how you added Brett Favre in this. <laughs> uh, Brett Favre maybe took a pay cut because he had other streams of revenue, if you know what I'm talking about. Ayo! Yeah, he was ripping off poor people. And I don't, like, the league was different back then. I, I don't know that what, in 1998 he was taking a pay cut? Just worked differently back then. Um, not that we can't use Brett Favre as an example for some things, but for CBAs have changed, salary cap rules have changed. There's a lot that's different. Um, in the modern era, it's Tom Brady, and that's it. Nobody else takes pay cuts. It's Tom Brady, and that's the only example. Oh, and James Harden, notably selfless player in the NBA. Took a couple million less this year and wanted to make sure everyone knew it. It's like, hey, I want credit for taking a couple million less. That's yeah, so awesome. Love the NBA. The Bucks lost last night, by the way. Had to happen at some point. Thank you for the tweet, Cody, at Wisco Grant. And thank you for adding Brett Favre. He's probably got a lot of free time right now. Brett Favre's probably not too stressed. What's going on with him? He's not in the news for anything these days, is he? There's another headline today. About what was it? His concussion medicines or whatever that he was peddling exaggerated their effectiveness to bring in more money. Brett Favre just loves ripping off the underprivileged. He just looks for a sucker. He really gets in there and gets after it, which is a bummer. Brett Favre could have had all the money in the world he wants. You know, do endorsements, live off his reputation as a Green Bay Packer quarterback. What is he spending money on, anyways? Tree stands. Let's talk to Chad and Sun Prairie. Wisco Chad, really quickly before we take a break. And get to Mike Clemens. Chad, what's going on? Welcome to the show. Hey, I like I like the analysis of the Packers. Uh, hopefully they don't make the mistake of trying to shorten or lengthen that window. <laughs> yeah, well, unfortunately, they're tied to Aaron Rodgers. I, I should say that. I shouldn't say that. They are tied to Aaron Rodgers financially big time for the next couple of years. So it's not like they can just get rid of him, which I think Aaron Rodgers has some good football left. I'm not saying they should trade him. The second the season is done, I'm saying is when the Packers think that this era is done, they need to be decisive and move on. They can't be the Colts just cycling through these guys for a couple of years. Well, it's something that I kind of 
think people forget is Aaron Rodgers on a vengeance tour is much more. He, he's too chill lately. That's part of the problem. We need we need Mad Rodgers. Yeah. We need Hulk Rodgers. Maybe they and, fire uh, Tom Clemens as quarterback coach. Maybe that'll get him mad. What is? I don't know. It sounds like Tom's pretty harsh on him too. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't but, know. Do you think that it's a Tom Clemens problem? No, I don't. I no. I and I was on with Evo this morning. And he's like, "Who's public enemy number one?" I'm like, "I don't know." Everyone's done a piss poor job. Like, no one's doing a good job right now. That's why the team is three and six. I don't know that it's an any one problem specifically. The team is three and six because the ball hasn't bounced their way enough times. I mean, Rogers throwing three picks hurts. But, I mean, yeah, it, it hurts quite. Look, I feel like I've been pretty fair about Rodgers this year. This week, we can be a little harsher on Rodgers. Three picks hurts a lot. It doesn't just hurt a little. Correct. That's, yeah. Correct, but the, the no-call pass interference on Lazard on the goal line with 40 seconds left in the game had an impact on the play of, it was like 78% on the game. Yeah. Like, that's huge. It's the you, Lions, You can't, in the, like, they're terrible. You can't tell me that wasn't pass interference. I don't even remember the play. I, I know that people have been talking about it since then. I didn't even think twice about it at the time watching the game. I didn't even think twice about it, honestly. I You know, it's it's interesting because it's not that I like to sit and call refs. And, like, yes, I would like to see my team destroy the next team. You know, like the Packers of 2011 where they just ran it up on everybody. Yeah, sure. who, who cares about defense? Mm-hmm. But that's not the reality of the NFL anymore. The NFL wants close games, so they like parity. And, you know, like that's part of the reason why we're at where we're at, I feel like, is they yeah. they encourage some of this a little bit. I don't know that it was – I don't know that encouragement from the NFL is what – kept the Packers from reaching double digits against a historically bad pass defense. I get what you're saying, but I I, I don't know. Well, three interceptions in the red zone did. Oh, but, yeah. I mean, <laughs> that, again, that that is something. But, like, re- remember, when you're allowed to grab receivers down the field and it makes, you know, that Washington game, it changed the outcome of that game. It took a turnover and points off the board. Yes, yes. But, yeah, you know, you look at this game and, like, Detroit's uh, defensive backs were allowed to grab. I mean, they were letting them play a little bit, right? Yeah, because and... Detroit's defensive backs were capable of staying within three feet of a receiver. Meanwhile, Joe Barry's got his guys six yards away. You can't play physical when you're six yards off the wide receiver. I, I, I just... I... I, I feel I, like I'm. I, I never. I, I feel like I'm poo-pooing a lot of what you're saying, Chad, and I don't mean to do that. I, I feel like this has been a very it's very contentious back and forth between us, and I. It's not what I wanted out of this. I don't, I don't mean to sound like I'm disagreeing with everyone. Okay, okay. Good. I don't feel that way. Okay. It's point counterpoint, right? Like, yeah, yeah. I can learn from you as much as you can learn from me. Iron sharpens I, iron. Again, I, hey, there you go. I'm trying to be glasses half full here, right? Smackers sure. aren't done yet. They're gonna take Big Mike to the woodshed. <laughs> that would be pretty probably great not. If they did. But oh, it would make my life. It just just so I could call him Monday and talk to the uh, Mike McCarthy fan club's uh, leader, uh, Mr. Ebo. Yeah, the president. And, uh, explain, the president, El Presidente of yeah, the Mike seriously. McCarthy, the Eminem fan club. And not that Eminem, <laughs> the Eminem. All right, Chad, I uh, I gotta go. I gotta get to Mike Clements. I'm sorry, but this has been an excellent call. Thank you for giving me a ring. You you have a great night. You as well. That was a good call.
Chad and Sun Prairie, a.k.a. Wisco Chad. Let's take a break. Come back in five minutes. Chat with Mike Clemens next on the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Mike McCarthy, just checking in. That's very relatable because if I was a head coach with a street named after me, I would I would do the same thing. Nobody stole it. Nobody vandalized it. Okay, we're good. Move along. Go about my day. That's Mike McCarthy who spoke with the Green Bay media yesterday. In attendance was our guy, Mike Clements, who joins us now. Mike Clements, it's amazing how the story of Mike McCarthy has kind of changed this year. Because I remember watching the Cowboys week one and I thought, man, McCarthy might not even make it to the Lambeau game. And look at how the turntables have turned since then. It's crazy how the Cowboys season has gone versus the Packers. A month ago, the popular theory was Sean Payton was going to be the next Mm -hmm. head coach of the Dallas Cowboys by the end of the season. That is even if McCarthy made it to the end of the regular season. But he was able to get through the Dak Prescott injury with the Cooper Rush and actually start winning some games. And with each win that the Cowboys have had since then, uh, to get to 6-2, and two, uh, Sean Payton looks uh, very well anchored at his gig at Fox yeah. <laughs> during Sunday's game. Yeah, he looks pretty and comfortable. that McCarthy-Way thing, you know, every day Aaron Rodgers, uh, whether it's his golf cart or his truck, uh, he pulls out of the parking lot, he turns slightly to the right on Oneida and goes, you know, not, not even a quarter of a block and then has to make a left turn down McCarthy Way to go to the player's parking lot to go to practice every day. So he sees that sign every single day. Well, I think Aaron Rodgers remembers McCarthy now fondly. I mean, I was watching him on the McAfee show today, and I think he's genuine. I think he's excited to see McCarthy, give him a hug and, and catch up. I'm sure maybe it was contentious at the end, but I, I get it. Like, if you're in a band or you have coworkers, you get sick of each other, you break up, and then you come back a couple of years later and you think of the good stuff. So I... I believe that Rodgers remembers that time fondly and still likes Mike McCarthy. I totally get that. So, about Aaron, um, mm-hmm. a horrible performance on his part. Not great. Um, I I don't, you know, I mean, T.J. Lang, the former Packers guard, who then ended up signing a free agency deal with the Lions when the Packers wanted to move on, and that was a smart move by Ted because, like a lot of these other guys, you know, Lindsley, Corey, Balaga, yep. uh, they, they they get a year or two away from Green Bay, and the injuries start to really – I mean, TJ didn't even finish a three-year contract because the injuries started mounting up as an, uh, an offensive lineman in his early 30s. He's not a sideline reporter for the Lions. I saw him in the press box before the game and got to say, briefly say hello. But somewhere around the third quarter, he said on the air to Dan Miller – uh, who was on Bill's show the other day. Yes, sir. Um, I have never seen Aaron Rodgers this mad at himself. Interesting. During one of those tirades where he's just yelling, you know, I mean, just screaming in, in absolute frustration. So uh, I think the I think the number one thing right now after about the Lions game is mm-hmm. uh, I I just think that the the thumb injury on your on his right throwing hand is being underplayed. Yeah. I, I'm surprised. I'm surprised there isn't more talk about it, uh, or whether or not he is himself out there, and uh, and and if, and if or there's something else that is bothering him. And I mean, if he's getting treatment, 
he has to be reported, but he's not on the injury list uh, for any of those, you know, something like if it's a hip or a knee or something like that. Yeah. The man went all the way through 2018, which ended up being the year that McCarthy was fired, with a fractured bone in his knee. And they just kept on calling it a knee, but we didn't know about that until three months after the season. So yeah, uh, that's just that's the way those things are. Uh, I... Uh, I I think let's we could talk all day about what Lafleur should be doing with the team and mm-hmm. whatnot. What, what should what would Mark Murphy? What should he be thinking about Man, this team? I don't know, Mike. I don't know. I, I started the show at four o'clock by playing that Jim Irsay cut of him saying, you know, for the last however many years we've been in the upper quartile of the court, like very similar to the Packers, right? For thirty years they've been one of the most successful teams, winning percentage, making the playoffs, and. I think the Colts have struggled the last couple of years kind of understanding that that era is done and that window is closed and they need to move on. And I think maybe the Packers would be having a similar reckoning point right now, except unlike the Colts, they have a bunch of money tied up into their current quarterback next year and the year after and the year. So I just, I don't know if the Packers this year decided and Mark Murphy, you asked decided that we need to open up the new era and we need to look forward. And maybe that includes trading some people and building for the future. I don't even know how they can totally do that because of how they've financially set themselves up with Rodgers. We should probably put offensive line ahead of the uh, shortfalls of the wide receivers first. You think so? And Yeah, I I think it starts with the offensive line because I see them still shying away from certain sides of the the field that they're going to run from. And that starts with missing Billy Turner. Okay. Yeah. And also some of the other, you know, veteran, you know, free agents that they've had for a year or two that, you know, could come in and play tackle. Um, Yash, and then this whole thing where they, you know, had Elton Jenkins at tackle because they think Jenkins wants to play tackle, and they had to give Jenkins several games to prove that he's still not 100 percent or ready to play right tackle. So, you know, they said that they started benching the young Royce Newman and blah blah blah. I mean, they they've not done in themselves any favors by. Uh, trying to hold the door open for two guys that maybe still aren't ready to be out there in Bakhtiari and Alton Jenkins. Uh, and uh, so that creates that problems. Billy Turner and Zadarius Smith are not here primarily because they made the decision that, you know what, Jordan Love's not ready. We don't know if he's ever going to be ready. Yeah. And And when I get back to the Mark Murphy thing is, when people say, oh, you know, the Packers don't really care about a Super Bowl. That's why they don't spend the money. If they just get to the playoffs, they make their profit, and that's really all they're concerned about. Wrong. Mark Murphy uh, is concerned about his legacy as, as anything in terms of the profits that he's put together with the team in Titletown. By the way, the Chicago Bears are about five to ten years behind the Green Bay Packers, which is why they're doing everything the Packers have done now in 2022 they're going to move from Soldier Field out to Arlington to do the same thing, to build a stadium and, and, and a village, you know, where you yeah. know, Bears fans will be as a revenue thing. So put that aside. Mark Murphy wants to win one more Super Bowl. And Mark Murphy doesn't want to retire in two years, you know, with two more bullets in the gun by saying, how did you never get Aaron Rodgers back to a second Super Bowl? That will be his epitaph. And that, that drives that organization 
we're going to get a Super Bowl while we still got Aaron Rodgers because we will. That's they're going to ask us that to, to the date of our last breath, and so they feel that they're doing what they can to to do that to to pay him to keep him happy and and to and to try it his way. But you know something, maybe at some point in one of these sessions that he has directly with the GM Brian Gutekinds has to go back to Rodgers and say. Okay, we're done with your hirings. Okay, because yeah. if 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 I was running the team, Mercedes Lewis is gone. A guy who only practices maybe once a week. Yeah, Randall Cobb is gone. Long currently on IR. There's there's two spots right there we could have been drafting or developing somebody. So you know a couple more younger receivers. Um, Tom Clements is not the guy that we hired at quarterback coach because the last guy that we coached, that we hired at quarterbacks coach, was Luke Getze, and he's doing a pretty darn good job working with Justin Fields mm-hmm. and the Chicago Bears. And, uh, and so uh, there's there's several moves that where Rodgers has requested, and and they have uh, obliged to that. And I I think you know it's it's not working out. It, you know, it, and the next thing is for Lafleur. And the play calling and the preparation, he lost Nathaniel Hackett. And regardless of the struggles that the Broncos have had and some of the bad game management decisions, Nathaniel Hackett's a really smart guy who who was able to get the installment and creative into the into the game plan. And that's what Lafleur banked on. So you go from a guy who's been doing that through two or three other teams for years to Adam Stenovich, uh, you know, an average offensive lineman who became a highly respected offensive line coach for the first time here and suddenly is learning offensive coordinator for the first time in an alleged Super Bowl contender. And maybe Stenovich isn't cutting it at offensive coordinator his first year. Well, and that happens sometimes, Mike. Somebody's brilliant at their job, so you elevate them, right? And then they get to the next level, and they're not that guy, right? Coordinators to head coach. We see that all the time, or a great employee that's been, you know, promoted to manager. Sometimes you're just really good at what you do. That doesn't mean that you're cut out for the next step. Maybe that's the case with Adam Stenovich. I don't know, but just in the grand sense, Mike, the drain out of this Packers team has been a ton. Zedarius Smith, Devontae Adams, Luke Getze, like you said, like lots of assistants, lots of great players. It's just been too much to withstand this year. And I think even though Rodgers played poorly on Sunday, I think we could both agree and admit that the ball just doesn't bounce their way this season, too. Like, they've just got unlucky at lots of turns, and that definitely impacts things. Yeah, your tight end coach, Justin Newton, was pretty sharp. He's now the offensive coordinator of the Broncos, experienced guy. And there's two more like that that I can name. Okay, let's go to the roster now. Christian Watson. This is, I mean, between last spring and now, that's a huge drop-off. This was a guy who was going to immediately stretch the field for you. He was going to pick up right where MVS left off and probably be better and smarter. He, it, uh, it's, they can't believe how this kid can't stay on the field. Knee injury, two hamstrings, and now back-to-back uh, concussions, although technically they say uh, he did not suffer a concussion against the Lions. So, you know, that's good news for that. But yeah. that's been a huge drop-off for them at the wide receiver position. Sammy Watkins, he stinks. I can't believe he, he, on that very last play of the game, did not understand, hey, even though the play on paper calls for you to veer in, you've got two guys inside leverage, and there's, you know, the real estate is completely open. The ball's going to drop 
in the corner of the end zone. All you have to do is once the, you see the arm release, then you cut out mm-hmm. and look back over your, you know, your left shoulder, and you'll catch a touchdown. And instead, you know, Rodgers throws a nice little rainbow ball that bounces off the open real estate in the back of the end zone, and the game is over. Just stupid, stupid uh, mental error by Sammy Watkins. Well, Sammy Watkins, who's supposed to be the veteran, Mike, he was targeted five times yesterday. He had one catch, two wrong routes, and two drops. And he's supposed to be the adult in the room in that receiving core, right? Dobbs and Watson are young. Sammy Watkins isn't young. This is stuff that he should get. And then you play in Ford Field, which, you know, Josh Sitton, who's very outspoken and and up front. Yes. uh, We used to have him on a show that I was on in Milwaukee once a week for about three years. And every week, a Lions week, before and after the away game to Detroit, he had stories about that damn carpet on the parking lot in downtown Detroit. Yeah. And that's how he described it. Mm-hmm. They actually had grass there now for a few years, but they went back to this field turf. And when you walk on it, it's like, it's like Dorsey Lemons once, once told me, what's it like to play on this? Put on some helmet, helmet and pads, go into your living room, and start playing football. That's what it feels like. Yeah. You're literally on carpet. So you have eight or nine guys with injuries, and now it starts taking away your key guys: Romeo Dobbs, high ankle sprain, uh, Eric Stokes. That looks like done for the season. He had a boot on and crutches. I saw him in the locker room. Rashawn Gary um, yeah. and Rashawn Gary just just turning in space. I mean, he, did you see the replay? He yeah. Just, he, he just. I mean, he just turned in space. Nothing. That was it. I don't know. If, I don't know if he had the wrong, uh, you know, footwear or whatever. But that was to me. Rashawn Gary was your best defensive player. Yep. Your best defensive player. And even Chris Barnes, who, you know, they had in there, uh, he was coming back from an ankle from week one. He ends up having a concussion, so you're hurting it. You know, he had a rookie calling the defense on that. What do you do from here? Um, you know, here, here's LaFleur um, preparing for Dallas, trying to end a five-game losing streak. You know, we could all do a little bit better. We have to in order for us to win games. You know, it's it's unfortunate that we're in this situation, but we are. And so the focus is on making sure we do everything as best as we can each and every day to make sure that our process is right. Continue to look at yourself and ask yourself, what can I do better? Because we need that from the collective effort in order for us to to make that jump and and come out on top. But certainly everybody's extremely frustrated. You know, I I know in my time in the league, I've never experienced, I don't think, a five-game losing streak. So it's been frustrating, but... You know, it is what it is. If you take away the five-game losing streak part of that, Mike, you could have told me that was from any point in the last month, and I would have believed it. It's just kind of what we've heard over and over again. And I don't blame him for that. you got to say something to the media, but it's a lot of the same the last couple of weeks, that's for sure. In terms of the running game, A.J. Dillon made some mistakes that was surprising to me, a head-scratcher. And again, I don't know why that can't get fixed uh, as well as at times they were able to move the ball on the ground against the Buffalo Bills but overall here's what you do you don't start tanking you don't just start playing Jordan Love out of you know just for the sake of playing Jordan Love and finding out how good he can be Uh, you, you, you put together the best game plan you can at least for the next two or three weeks and and I think LaFleur though 
has got to maybe take the, the you know the, the the calls away from Rodgers. Those last four attempts to score at the end of the game, if I understand that you know from what Aaron tells us all the time, he made all those calls. Aaron Rodgers made all those play calls. Those last four in the loss to the Lions, when it looked like this was all right. You played like crap for you know four quarters, but here you got the ball with under two minutes and a, a timeout or two, and you're starting at your own 45. Here's where you're marched down. You, you tie the game with a touchdown, and Mason kicks the point after, and you win by one. And those last four calls were errands, and, and I didn't understand why they were just taking shots as opposed to maybe even getting within goal-to-goal, whatever. Yeah. LaFleur has got to, got to stick to a plan that everybody understands. And so with McCarthy coming in, it's actually, I mean, two weeks ago, you were hoping that the Packers were going to end their losing streak, and this was going to be what the the networks dreamed of, is that both the Cowboys and the Packers nope. were contenders. <laughs> That's and, not what we're going to get. <laughs> yeah, so I, I, I oh, want man. Let's play this last one. I got to go. Six from McCarthy. Oh, I, you do? Yeah, okay. I got to go. Here, can I, I'll play it on the other side of the break, but I got to let you go, Mike. I got to get one more break, and I'm sorry. Yeah, no, no, it's okay. We well, can hey, McCarthy we'll, we'll on keep Thursday. keep you posted. Yeah, 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 But, you know, yeah, and, and you know, we're going to have all kinds of extra wall-to-wall coverage. And, yes. and, uh, and it's, uh, it, you know, it's great. Hey, McCar- 10 of McCarthy's assistants were former Packers guys. I know, I'm going to know everybody on both sides of the ball. Looking forward to talking about it. I know we'll get a little bit on the huddle tomorrow night as well, Mike. I really got to go, but I appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks, Grant. Yeah, that's our guy, Mike Clements. Let's take one final break. We'll wrap up the first hour of the Wisco Sports Show. Coming up next. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. I've been counted out many times in my life, as have many of my teammates. I hope we just dig deep and find a way. We will truly be underdogs. Hopefully we can embrace that, and then this thing looks a little different. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Now, here's your host, Grant Bills. I wish we had a little more time to talk with Mike Clements. Get to some of the Mike McCarthy stuff, but as Mike said, you're going to hear him throughout the week. Bill Michaels Hall tomorrow night from 6 to 8. A little extra time. You'll hear Mike and certainly some of that audio of uh, Mike McCarthy chatting with the Green Bay media yesterday. Emotional. We'll probably get some tears from McCarthy maybe during the national anthem. And then they will subside and the Cowboys will whoop the ass of the Packers. Probably how Sunday will go. I'm especially frustrated with the Cowboys right now. And it's not that they're the Cowboys. You know, for my entire life, oh, screw the Cowboys. Hey, the Cowboys. You know, they're right up there with the Bears and the Vikings and all the other teams, the Cubs, the teams that Wisconsin sports fans are supposed to hate. I don't feel that way about this Cowboys team, not that I'm cheering for them. But the last couple of years, the Cowboys have certainly been more likable. I don't have an issue with Dak. I don't have an issue with McCarthy, obviously. This is a pretty likable Cowboys team, but this year, they irk me. They frustrate me, and I want to talk about that next. Talk about some other Packers things before we hopefully connect with Ben Kenny and Zach Heilprin. Right before Kenny and Heilprin fires up at 6 o'clock. This is the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. I hope you've had an outstanding day. Hope, like me, you are ignoring the election. And I don't mean ignore, like I hope you voted, but that was my MO today. Vote and then not pay attention to the election for the rest of the day.
Not going to look at the updates on Twitter. Not going to watch the news tonight. I'm just, no, I'm going to coast. Frustrating thing is there's no NBA games on tonight, so nothing really to distract myself with. Maybe I'll watch. I've been watching a lot of Curb Your Enthusiasm. I'm really getting into that show. I can watch like half a season in a night if I just really apply myself and stick to it. So maybe I'll do that tonight. 608-796-2558 if you'd like to text or call. Join the show. And I am on Twitter at Wisco Grant. I have flushed the Detroit game. I know it's only Tuesday, but I have moved on. Can't focus on it anymore. I've seen a couple of clips on Twitter, this and that. We were talking about TJ Lang with Mike Clements a couple uh, minutes ago. TJ Lang tweeted out a clip earlier today of a goal line play where the Packers checked out of a run play and then a couple offensive linemen looked pissed off. And I've seen, you know, a film breakdown or it's mostly just a screenshot or a little clip of this, that, the other thing. Showing guys running open across the middle. Rodgers is looking to the boundary, right? Just dysfunction in the offense. I don't care. I'm not going to pay attention to these clips. I'm moving on. It's like in uh, it's like in Mario Kart when you're bumping off the walls and maybe fall off the track. You hit a banana. Don't care. I'm going to keep going forward. Keep driving. I'm going to get myself back into the race. Hit the gas. That's what I'm doing. I'm getting ready for the Cowboys. And I'm looking at the Cowboys and thinking back to week one. Remember when the Cowboys offense looked broken? Looked like they wouldn't score more than 10 points all year. Then Dak got hurt at the end of the game. And you're like, oh, man. I'm thinking, is Mike McCarthy going to make it to Lambeau in week 10? That's how bad it looked. And since they've won six of seven, and you know the worst part, and this is the part that really irks me about this season and this Cowboys team, the Cowboys are the team that we expected the Packers to be. Limited offense, right, with good quarterback, one good wide receiver. CeeDee Lamb is good, not great. Two running backs, you can rotate in and out. Sounds a little bit like Jones and Dylan, except they have Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott. The defense has picked up Dak. When he's been injured, picked up Cooper Rush, picked up the offense when it's not clicking. Oh, that was supposed to be the Packers. The Cowboys this year have allowed 19 points, 17 points, 16 points, 10 points, 10 points, 26 to Philly, 6 and 29. And the 29 they allowed last week to the Bears, that was the game their offense scored 49. Dallas is doing the thing that we thought the Packers would do. They are playing the game script. They are the team that we thought the Packers were going to be. It's so frustrating. Dallas is doing what we thought the Packers would do. Everything we talked ourselves into during training camp, Cowboys are doing it. Not the Packers. Cowboys. They stole our game script. They stole our head coach. Then they stole our game script this year. They stole the MO, the identity of what this team was supposed to be. The team that they never got a chance to become. Team that they never became. Potential they never realized. Let's talk to David. 608-796-2558. What's up, David? Hey, that was funny. They stole our head coach. Well, the guy we dumped. Yeah. yeah. Revisionist history. I agree. Yeah. It's cool. I kid. Uh, You know, all the finger pointing that's going on. And, you know, it's understandable. That's what makes sports talk. But Mm -hmm. I guess I want to look at it a little bit differently than finger pointing. Because the truth is, every move that Gutekunst made, virtually every move that he made along the way, we were all applauding. And we thought he had put together this powerhouse, great defense, mm-hmm. and somehow we would grow during the course of the season with these young wide receivers. Mm-hmm. But we weren't so sad when we got those high picks for Adams. We got something big for him. Really, you know, now we're going to have a dominating defense. So just instead of looking at it the way a number of people are looking at it, which is, who's to blame? Yes. Who's to blame? I want to propose that instead we just say, okay, 
with 2020 hindsight, which is all we really have. Yeah. With 2020 hindsight, what are the moves that we wish had been done differently? That's a much more sure fair approach. Do you so, do you have you a know, do you have something you'd like to go sure. back and change? You, you let's alternate a little bit. Let's sure. workshop. So I'll go first. I would like to go okay, back go to ahead. 2020, and I would like them to take a wide receiver instead of Jordan Love or instead of A.J. Dillon. Absolutely. Get a wide receiver in Absolutely. the works so we'd have some young talent that should be really coming into their own this year. That's one thing I'd go back and do differently. That's one for me. Well, of course, the, the Sternberg quote was really funny oh, when he talked God. about the, the next pick in the draft. That who was guy. That wide receiver in, in Washington who has been a really good wide receiver, and instead they took Sternberg, and it was a waste. Oh, yeah. So that you're sure that's one, one that I would say, and it's it's sad to say, but I think honestly, with 2020 hindsight, I wish we would have worked out a a uh, injury settlement with Bakhtiari and mm-hmm. moved on because it it just has really caused problems. It's not his fault. I'm not blaming Agreed. anybody, and I'm yes. not even blaming the Packers. Just 2020 hindsight, that would have been better. The thing with Bakhtiari, yeah, the the Bakhtiari thing really quickly, just if I can add on to that, it wouldn't be a big deal if they had the rest of their offense figured out. Like if the only thing that was up in the air was Bakhtiari, okay. If we had some trustworthy wide receivers that knew Rodgers, fine. We we could do a little shuffling on the offensive line. But when you're dealing with a bunch of wide receivers in and out of the lineup, don't know them, no chemistry, you can't figure out your offensive line because David Bakhtiari doesn't know if he's playing or not. Like, if, if Bakhtiari was the only uncertainty on the offense, then it would be fine. But there's a million other things going on, and it's like we just can't – we can't also be shuffling our offensive line. I agree with you. Anyway, I don't want to – you know, I don't want to take all show. Other people probably have other ideas. Sure. Obviously, we could have used a tight end because our hope that our starting tight end would be fully recovered this year and really be dramatic going down the field. He's just not recovered yet. Maybe next year he'll be better. But, again, 2020 hindsight, I wish they had found a tight end who also could have helped to deal with the problems with the wide receivers. Anyway, suggestion is that, and, and, you know, use it if you want. Ask people. But it should be phrased with 2020 hindsight, Mm -hmm. what could we have done better? Not. Who's to blame for sure. this? Well, here, can I ask you because, one thing on, on your on your way out the door? Yeah. Can I ask you one? Of course. I'm going to ask you a question yeah. that you need. To, I'm going to make you an offer you can't refuse, David. That's what I'm going to do here. Yeah. Ooh, I, I know. Like that. I know, I know. Knowing what we know now, would you, David, one of the more staunch defenders that calls the show, go back and trade Rodgers to Denver for a similar package for Russell Wilson? Obviously, knowing what we know now, which we did not a Again. couple of months ago. Again. Knowing what we know now. 2020 hindsight? Absolutely. Okay. That contract and these two years, okay. it would have been it would have been impossible to do after two MVP seasons. Yeah. But yes, and again, this is yes with 2020 hindsight, but I'm not going to blame anybody Same. for not having made that decision. Same. And that's the difference. And honestly, I think I think that's the most honest way to approach this subject. Yeah. All right. This is an excellent call, David. It was nice to hear from yes. you. Thank you. Yeah. Take care. <laughs> you as well. I like that way of framing it, and that's the thing, David, and I, and I said this back at 4 o'clock. For those of you who maybe joined the show a little bit later, we were talking about Jim Irsay's press conference and how the Colts have handled their last couple of seasons. It's like, man, they wheeled in this quarterback and tried out this quarterback. And I, 
I don't necessarily blame the Colts for trying to keep that window open, the Andrew Luck window, because the rest of the team was really good. They finally figured out their offensive line. They finally had some great pieces around Luck, and then Luck just up and left. And they're like, well, we can't just turn around and get rid of all these great players that we've spent the last couple of seasons building. Let's get another quarterback. Let's try it. And and I, I get it. I get it because you can't then turn around and tell your fans, well, now that Luck is gone, we're also going to trade all the other good players. But knowing what we know now, that would have been the right thing to do. But I don't blame Chris Ballard or Ryan Grigson or whoever it was at the time. I don't blame the Colts front office for that. Just like I don't really blame Brian Gutekinds for this offseason. You can't, you just can't trade him off of winning two MVPs. I, I know that, you know, we say, well, Brian Gutekinds with drafting Jordan Love, you know, he... He, he should have stuck to his guns, should have conviction or whatever. And I just, it's really easy to say. It's really easy to say. I just, I, I don't know. Hindsight being twenty twenty, absolutely. But I just don't know how it's realistic to say, you know, Rodgers, he should have traded him. Man, but that would have been impossible in the offseason. Let's talk to Ryan in Alaska. 608-796-2558. What's up, Ryan? Hey, Grant, I love the ideas that were being tossed back and forth. Yeah, and David uh, brought it the, uh, it is, Yeah, he did. Um, and me being a bit of a, a 2020 hindsight redrafter and uh, future mock drafter myself, I I definitely, it, it stings that Sternberger pick. Man, Terry McLaurin right after. But then even still, I um, the way that they've not addressed certain positions in the draft, it's just kind of been a certain calamity point where you have some strong areas in this roster, but all those players are underperforming. Like, yeah. I just I see I see Kenny Clark, who's one of the highest paid nose tackles in the league. I don't know if, if exactly if it's fault if it's his fault or not, but the Lions game they're just getting washed out the line of scrimmage yeah. all the time. And credit to the Lions' offensive line. I know that's probably the strongest area of their roster. Frank Ragnow is a pro bowler for a reason. Um, but, man, the and Dean Lowry, what a regression. He has been a huge disappointment this year. Uh, Jaron Reed has done a few nice things here and there. Um, whenever I see Devontae White on the field for what limited stretch of opportunities he gets, he does well. Yeah, Why is he I, not getting more opportunities? We got there. to pretend... Yeah, we got this pretend defensive coordinator, as we, you and I both <laughs> like to call Joe Barry. Um, I'm going to tell you what I do with 2020 hindsight. I'm hiring Ejiro Ivero to be defensive coordinator. You're taking a shot. You're you're making a bet on somebody. I remember when they were hiring their defensive coordinator, Ryan. I swear to God, I said, I would hire Jim Leonard. I know it's an unknown, but you got to take a shot. You got to do something with a little pizzazz. You got to shoot for the stars a little bit here. Now, Jim Leonard didn't want the job. But then the, the 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 answer was not to turn around and hire Joe Barry. It was to take a shot on a young up and coming defensive mind in the NFL. It wasn't hire Joe Barry. Yeah, a, bit, a vanilla white cake, you know, yeah. pretend defensive coordinator nice who advanced cake. his way through the epitel. He advanced his way through the league with some kind of questionable nepotism. But um, all that aside, he's been fine. Um, he just doesn't really know, I think, how to u- utilize his players' skill sets to put them in in uh, varied and different disguisable positions to succeed. And, um, yeah, Ivero's got the Broncos defense playing at a super high level, and now um, it'll be interesting to see how they do without Bradley Chubb. But, man, I uh, 
I'm already I'm looking to the 2023 mock drafting, and I'm drafting three safeties in the draft. I don't want because you safety. have to. I swear to God, I swear to God, if if I need to endure another free safety in the first round, who like makes a couple nice plays a year and like just gets oh look at there's a flash like we saw that with Haha Clindix, saw it with Savage. I, I'm I'm done. I'm I'm done. Just find yeah. a, a guy to pay the veteran minimum. I'm not drafting a safety in the first round. We're back to square one. I did not say first round, good sir, but um, understandable. Second and fourth and seventh. <laughs> you get three. That is a goody thing to do is just draft a bunch of guys at once at one position. Hey, yeah. prediction for Packers Cowboys. What do you got? Oh boy, um, it's going to it's going to need to be a, a pyrrhic, Herculean effort for them to lose by three points. You think they're going to lose by three points? God, that will suck. Well, I said with a Herculean effort. They're, um, they're, gosh, I mean, yeah, it's it sucks about uh, Rashawn Gary getting lost for the season. But as you said, he is good, not transcendent. Was he maybe, has he been trending up and up? Yes, but still not Careful the rate now. we'd like to see. And there's, and there's all this wishful thinking. And I think it's kind of a psychosis with this Packers, like, talent evaluation, scouting, and team building. Uh, and they don't know when to let go anymore. Letting go of guys one year too early, uh, too early rather than too late. Rogers, hindsight, twenty twenty, absolutely trade him to Denver because he just lost the way he lost the Forty ers playoff game. That's a absolutely would have done. But as far as the Cowboys prediction, um, best case scenario, they win by a field goal. Expectable case, they lose by ten. Worst case, they lose by twenty four. Yeah, I think the Cowboys players are going to come out rocking for McCarthy pretty hard. And, Ryan, I appreciate the call. Careful what you say about Sean Gary because there's a weird group of Packers fans that are like, they're not even Packers fans. They're just like ride or die Rashawn Gary truthers. You have this with some athletes. Like, Tua's got this following where there are people who are Tua fans, but they're not like Tua fans in that they're Dolphins fans and he's our quarterback, but like it's their life's mission to prove that Tua is the greatest quarterback that's ever lived on this earth. It's like, people call it Tuanon, which is very funny. Less funny when you consider actually, you know, the real world QAnon stuff. I feel like Rashawn Gary's kind of the same. Remember like a year ago being like, eh, Rashawn Gary's pretty good. I mean, is he great yet though? I feel like he's just a nice player and Packers Twitter just comes for you. And then Rashawn Gary blocks you. I'd tweet about this. I'll tweet about it freely because I know Rashawn Gary's not going to see it because he blocked me for some reason. I don't know why. I don't fight with people on Twitter. I'm not disrespectful on Twitter. I never block anyone. I don't do block-worthy things. John Gary's got me blocked. Is that a red flag? I don't know. I'll let you decide. 608-796-2558. Let's take a break. Jeff and Lacrosse, I see you calling. I promise I'll get to you right after this break. We'll be back in three minutes on the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Sports show. Uh, I need to address the Chicago fans because getting some texts here. Dan and Broadhead, Jeff and Lacrosse is calling in. I have preemptive strike here against Bears fans who are calling in to rub my nose in what the Bears are doing. Hey, look, I was wrong. Bears are a better team than I thought they would be this year. And that's because Justin Fields is taking a big step. Eberflus and Getz are doing a great job. I'll wear that. I'm wrong. Now, two things that I want to add to my admission of wrongdoing. I'm 100% wrong. I own it. 
I'm wearing it. But two addendums. One, I'm not a puncher downer, okay? I've never been one to punch down, play the Bears still suck. That song gives me no joy. The Bears have sucked the last 20 years. It brings me no joy to beat the Bears. Aaron Rodgers got this, like, sick thing about, oh, I own Chicago. I don't want to own Chicago. I don't care about Chicago. I want to win the playoffs. But I haven't been one to punch down at the Bears over the last X number of years. So, Bears fans, if and when your franchise comes to eclipse mine, I just like to remember that. That's all I'm saying. And number two, take it easy, okay? I, I got to go on my Twitter feed and see screenshots of the 670 to score studio, and they got balloons. They got the... Like they're like, this was the greatest loss ever. Now they did lose to Miami. Now in the long run, it might be better that they're losing these games. They lost to Dallas last week. They lost to Miami. It might be better for Chicago that they're losing these games because their picks are going to be better and they're trending in the right direction. I'm just going to say, looks a little eh, childish. Looks a little, it looks a little juvenile. That's all I'm saying. You guys are going to, and again, I, this is one very specific tweet, but when I see 670 the score, tweeting out that they have balloons and party hats on in the studio. It's a little, I don't know. You get what I'm saying? It's like, come on. It is a loss, though. It is a loss, Father Pat. It is It is two points, Father Pat. 608-796-2558. A couple of texts here. One from Jared and DeForest. Can we use the 2020 hindsight to correct the mistakes in the last two playoffs? Like playing the deep ball on the last play of the half or decent special teams coach? Absolutely. He continues, I'd argue that a Super Bowl win over the last two seasons would make this abysmal season more bearable. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. At any point, a second Super Bowl would make all of this more bearable. Absolutely. I will say, to other fan bases that are looking at the Packers right now and saying, ha, you guys, you don't, you don't know how good you've had it. Get prepared to suck. Rent is due for you Packers fans. Look, I know this is a champagne problem, and this is a, a privileged problem. Vikings, Bears fans, you guys don't have to deal with this. You guys don't have to deal with the Hall of Fame quarterback that's been here 15, 16, 17 years gets weird and it becomes this bizarre dynamic where you want nothing but the best for this quarterback because he's the face of your franchise, but also you can't stand the damn guy. You don't have to deal with that. So Vikings fan, Bears fan, don't tell me, oh, you're so privileged. Yeah, but... Privilege, but the privileged have problems too. The uber rich have to deal with crazy taxes and weird HOAs in their rich gated community neighborhoods. Those are privilege problems, but they are still problems. And the gated community of the NFL is Packers fans. Now, we don't have to worry about where our next meal is coming from. We're not food insecure. We have to deal with things like the HOA of the NFL, which is our pain in the ass 15-year Hall of Fame quarterback turning weird, getting into drugs, and making it our problem all while losing in the playoffs. Okay? I just, as, as a message for Packers fans. Okay, because I, I get all this messaging. Well, Packers fans are spoiled. Yeah, I understand. But the spoiled have problems too. Okay, they're just different problems than yours. Okay, so maybe have some empathy. Jesus. You ever dealt with an HOA? Oh, you got to paint your garage, but you can't paint it blue. You got you to go to the meetings. You have a pool, but it's got to have a five foot fat. Like, this is, this is rough stuff. Higher tax brackets. You're paying exorbitant amounts of money just to just to exist. It is a rich person problem, but it is a problem. It's a still a problem. We have problems too. Packers fans have problems, even with our Hall of Fame quarterbacks. Yes, we still have problems. Champagne problems, but they are problems. Uh, I don't even know who that was directed to, but thank you for the text. That was Jared and DeForest. Dan in Broadhead. 
says, David sounds like Emo Phillips. Look him up. I don't know what that means. I think David has a wonderful speaking voice, personally. I don't... Fine. I'm not, I'm not above Googling it on air. Emo Phillips. American actor. Um, what have I seen this guy in? <laughs> what a weird-looking dude. Well, now this is the face that I have attached to David's voice. Great. I thought David was going to call in and defend Aaron Rodgers today. I was prepared to go on the offensive. Because, hey, Aaron Rodgers has gotten a lot of flack this year. And some of it is like residual flack for the last couple of seasons. Like, hey, you lose in playoff games. You're this anti-vax guy who's annoying. So now we're going to watch you under a microscope. I'm not doing that. I I think we've judged Rodgers fairly. He's been fine. And I think we've been accurate on that. He's made some great throws. He's made a lot of poor throws, made some great reads, made some poor reads. But then again, he doesn't have much around him. On Sunday, he was horrendous. Well, the, the one interception was a bad loss. It, it was a bounce. You know why it was a bad bounce? Because he threw it into the guy's helmet. What, is that, the, is that the, the lineman's fault that he was standing there? Like, I'll defend Rodgers on a great many things this season because this is a tough situation. They've had some bad luck. Sunday, there's no defending that. There's no defending. Like, you just... You, you threw it to Bakhtiari, who was wide open in the corner of the end zone. You slung it sidearm like you were a shortstop trying to make the quick turn to second. Like, dude, put some air under that. Have you never, th- have you never thrown to a wide open receiver in the corner of the end zone before? So I thought David was going to call in and defend Rodgers, and I was prepared to go mano mano with that guy. It's a good thing I didn't have to. Would have got ugly. Me versus David. Mike in Colorado texts in. He says, when the floor says, quote, we can all just do a little bit better. It sounds like he's talking to an eighth grade social studies class. I'd like to hear him say he's damn angry and it must get better. You know, <laughs> you know what you just made me think of? Greatest movie ever made, possibly. Great film. The other guys. When uh, Mark Wahlberg asked Will Ferrell, he says, the city's dying for a hero. And Will Ferrell goes, what about, uh, what's the number? However many million. What, what about X million socially conscious and responsible citizens all just stepping up and doing their part? <laughs> That's what LaFleur sounds like. If we all just step up and do 2% better, we're going to get it back on the tracks. The soundbite to which Mike in Colorado is referring to is this one from LaFleur. You know, we could all do a little bit better. We have to in order for us to win games. You know, it's it's unfortunate that we're in this situation, but we are. And so the focus is on making sure we do everything as best as we can each and every day to make sure that our process is right. Continue to look at yourself and ask yourself, what can I do better? Because we need that from the collective effort in order for us to, to make that jump and, and come out on top. But certainly everybody's extremely frustrated. You know, I, I know in my time in the league, I've never experienced, I don't think, a five-game losing streak. So it's been frustrating, but... You know, it is what it is. How about 10 million socially conscious citizens all just stepping up and doing their part? That's what Malafleur sounds like. I was texting with a couple of friends today, you know, sports group chats. And one of the friends was saying, I just, Malafleur just won't step up and put his foot down with Rodgers or he won't step up and do this, that, the other thing. It's like, look, I I don't know that Lafleur has any recourse here. I, I, I don't know that he has any, I, I don't know if there's any step for him to take. I don't think Rodgers can can be confronted. I don't I don't think this team can be confronted. This team's a bunch of softies. I think Matt is a little soft, too. Saying, oh, if we all just do a little bit better. How about 10 million responsible and socially conscious citizens all just stepping up and doing their part? The other guys. It's a great instruction manual on how to view the world, and sports especially. Duck and Holman knows. You DM me on Twitter. Duck, you love the other guys. Despop. Yeah, Despop. 
I did my first desk pop. That was Matt LaFleur calling a play to an offensive lineman. The first outside-the-box play call I've ever seen him have in three years. He comes to the sideline after they came up short. Mark Murphy, I did my first desk pop. Yeah, and Rodgers <laughs> Rogers threw it at a 12-degree angle instead of throwing a lollipop over the top. Dan in Broadhead says, sounds like my mom telling me I'm not mad, I'm disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Although when it comes from your parents, like that might cut a little deeper. Like if my mom got mad, I'm like, okay, I messed up. I got this. I can work through this. When she was just disappointed and sad, I was like, ah, oh, I made my mom sad. That's even worse. Don't feel that way about a coach. If a coach just says I'm disappointed, it's like, okay, whatever, coach. Kiss my ass. I'll be back tomorrow. I got I got it. Look, I, I got a paycheck to cash. We've lost five in a row. This season's a lost cause. I'll be back tomorrow. See you in meetings, coach. Whatever. Disappointed. Okay. We'll just do a little bit better. Let's take a five-minute break. Come back. I have an Aaron Rodgers soundbite from the McAfee show today that we could play. I am perfectly fine with making it until 6 o'clock and not playing that. But the show might go a certain way. And I'm hoping to connect with both Ben Kenny and Zach Heilprin. Maybe one question each. Get a little taste of what's coming tonight on Kenny and Heilprin. Ask Zach about the basketball game last night. Maybe Ben sets the scene for Wisconsin-Iowa coming up Saturday. I'd love to connect with those two. So hopefully we can make it work at about quarter to six or so. Wisco Sports Show. Let's take a quick break. Back in five minutes. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Show Kenny and Heilprin coming up in about 20 minutes. Badger basketball is back. You watched last night? Normally, I would never on a Monday night when there's Monday night football and when the Bucks are playing. God, no, but Monday night football has just not been it this year. Same with Thursday night football. It's like, man, Baltimore's up 20 on the Saints and the Saints can't complete a pass. Like, I love Joe Buck and Trey Aikman. I, I probably would have turned it off a lot sooner if it's not America's booth on my TV. I just, the primetime games have sucked. I'm weirdly optimistic and excited the Falcons play the Panthers on Thursday night, which is probably going to suck, but I haven't really watched the Falcons yet this year, so I guess I'm a little excited. Like, Kyle Pitts is supposed to be great. Who knows? Maybe he'll have, like, two catches and light up the box score relative to what he normally does. Maybe. We'll see. But Monday Night Football stunk last night, and the Bucks were going to lose. That became pretty evident in the third quarter, so I was watching the Badgers a little bit. I'll say it, and maybe this is the lacrosse central fan in me. I feel like Jordan Davis gets a little bit of a bad rap. There's lots of players in college basketball that miss a lot of three-point shots. I don't know why we're picking on it. Here's I'll say it. I think everybody identifies totally that Jordan Davis is there because of his brother, and he gets picked on unfairly because of that. Yeah, I say it. Now, I reserve the right to fully change that take in like two weeks when I've seen three or four more games. But that's how I'm feeling right now. It's like, oh, so on all of these guys who can't shoot in college basketball, which is most kids can't shoot, we're going we're gonna to pick on Jordan Davis? Thought he had a nice cut last night. There's some nice court awareness. I don't know. People seem inclined to hate on Jordan Davis. And if I'm going to be the last stockholder, fine. I'll, I'll sell when the stock hits zero. But I'm going to wait another two weeks to see. I feel like he gets a little bit of a bad rap. 608. Seven nine six two five five eight. Eric on a ninety is here. Hello, Eric. Good afternoon, evening. 
Good evening, Grant. How are you today? Good. Did you get to your polling place today and cast your vote, participate in our democracy? No, oh, but uh, some guy uh, gave me a suitcase full of ballots here. <laughs> yeah. He's going to call me at 1230 tonight. Oh, if good. I need to drop him off. So, good. Uh, I got a late night here, later than usual. Yeah. So, but that's, so I'm uh, going to go home. This is actually the first midterm election I've ever voted in. Really? I generally have always voted in, uh, you know, the presidential elections, but I have never chose to vote this, and I, I am going to vote now. Uh Tonight, yes, I am. Good for you. All right. I just wanted to clear that up. And you just keep an eye on that suitcase of ballots. Maybe you leave them in a ditch somewhere. Uh, maybe you drop them off at a polling place. You feed them through while the poll worker is distracted. I just, I just wanted to make sure. just wanted to ask. It's so sad because this is what it's going to be now with this world the way it is. Now. It'll be like 150 lawsuits after this election. It's going to be a All thing. We used to be able right. to trust our institutions, Eric. What happened? Really, we used to be, and it's such a bizarre world in the sports world these days. It just is. I, 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 I heard you throw off the bat signal yesterday, and my phone was dead. So that's fair. And I generally, after those horrific Packer losses, I don't have anything good to add to the conversation. Okay. There's a lot of people that are not that right. Yeah. But I was listening to that game. I I didn't watch. Either game on Sunday, I was I was down in the district and enjoying some deer hunting prep. Okay. And I was watching the scores on my game. I'm watching the Packers score, and I'm like, "What's going? What kind of game is this?" If you if you were just seeing the score, you were like, you know, and, the, and then you see the Packers that be like first down and goal at the two, mm-hmm. and it was just all discombobulated, and then. I just think we had two coaches that lost their mind, like Dan Campbell. He scores the first touchdown, he goes for two, right? Yeah. Why, why would you do that? Well, because the, 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 we need to calm down. Yesterday, I think it was Zobin who called in and was mad that when the Packers scored their first touchdown, they tried to tie it with a two-point conversion. There's nothing wrong with going for two. There's nothing wrong with it, especially when they, you know, the yardage gets moved up because of a penalty on the uh, missed extra point. You see, I think that I think that LaFleur then did that because Dan Campbell's a, a fruitcake, right? He's a weird guy. I, this is where but here, here's what I think is I've watched a lot of losing football, okay? Oh, good. When you're losing football games, when your team is losing, incremental improvements during the game changes the attitude of the whole team, mm-hmm. right? You don't make it on that two-point conversion Everybody's down. You okay. kick the one pointer, you stay within it. There's places in the game where you don't, you know, you you run the ball and you kick the field goal, and you're incrementally building successes. Vibes. And I'm not talking about if you're playing like Patrick Mahomes, right? Yeah. If Patrick Mahomes is on the field, he's got good field position, right? You 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 yes. don't have a chance there. I like that. But in this game, I think a little bit of sanity could have could have turned it the Packers' way. I, I do believe that, but right. you know that doesn't help, right? 
mean, they still only scored nine points. You know, the fact that they chose to go for two instead of kicking an extra point really doesn't. You scored nine points against the worst passing defense in the league. Historically bad passing defense. I mean, there's big structural issues. It's not just like little decision. But I agree with you. The vibes are important. Sometimes you just got to get a, some positivity, especially for this team. I mean, they're, they got the mental fortitude of a bunch of six-year-olds. It's it's just a it's a, just a big real head scratcher. I'm I'm sure you sit down and you go like, oh, what? How could this possibly be? Because you got you got ninety percent of your team back, right? Yeah, it's terrible, Eric. I gotta so, I, I gotta go to get to Ben Kenny. Can I ask you one thing before you go though? This is unrelated to sports, but I feel like you'll have a good perspective on it. Sure. The first hour of the show, I was struggling to get my thoughts out clearly. And at 5 o'clock, I uh, realized that I had a toothpick in my jacket pocket. So I took it out, and I've been kind of, like, just playing with it in my mouth. And ever since I've had this toothpick in my hand, I, I'm i talking like I'm the most confident man in the world. Is, is there some science behind this? Because I haven't misspoke. I, I feel like the show's been great ever since 5 o'clock. And it, I, I just saying, I've had a toothpick for the second half. I would say that it's probably uh, just a little bit of a subliminal uh, distraction for you. Okay. And you, you, you listen, you've got a rough job. You've got wow. all kinds of people calling that. in that are pissed off. That's true. Right? Yeah. And you're able to manipulate that, and that might take away a little bit of some angst. Okay. Angst is what we would call that. Mm-hmm. I see. And I think that you're doing an awesome job. I don't know how you can control these people. They're unconsolable. Well. Um. You can get on a run here. You can get on a run. I, I, I think you guys can. I think you can get on a run. I think so. And you can all end up in the same boat that we are. We're all going to the loser boat. Okay? We're all heading to the loser boat. Just some of us are getting there earlier. Yeah, we'll see. Speaking of being able to trust our institutions, I remember I used to be able to count on Kirk Cousins to lose some games, so I'm waiting for that shoe to drop. I got to go because I got to call Ben Kenny, Eric, but this has been a pleasure and a privilege. Well, thanks, Grant. It's been uh, same here. Same here, bud. Talk to you later. Yeah, good luck at your place of polling. Don't forget your photo ID, uh, mail, proof of residence, whatever you need. Yeah, seriously, ever since I put this toothpick in my mouth, I just feel like I'm coming from such a position of power right now. This is unbelievable. I don't know how I ever did a show without a toothpick in my mouth. Just taking it in and out in between sentences. I don't know what it is. This is a life hack. Anyways, let's take a break. Let's talk a little Badgers with Ben Kenny as we wrap up the Wisco Sports Show next. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show, Kenny and Heilprin coming up in about 10 minutes. I'm just looking at the Twitter account of Ben Kenny. I see that the intro of tonight's Kenny and Heilprin is provocative. Maybe the most provocative duo in Wisconsin sports radio, Ben Kenny and Zach Heilprin. We have Ben Kenny here on the phone. Uh, Mr. Kenny, good evening. How are you? Happy Tuesday, brother. It is, it's a beautiful week. Um, it, it's trophy game season, man. Mm-hmm. Usually uh, one would scoff at yeah, trophies that don't mean much to people that don't live in these parts. But to myself and others, no matter how bad your team is, it means a lot. So I'm, I'm a happy kid. I weirdly think that Wisconsin, Iowa, 
I might be most excited about this game than any other game, even Ohio State, because it seems like both of these teams have kind of found their level. Does that make sense? Like, we've kind of figured out Jim Leonard. It seems like this team is kind of stabilized. We kind of know who they are, and now they're going against a familiar opponent who's kind of the same version of Iowa they normally are. It's in an awesome location in Kinnick Stadium. I'm very excited for Wisconsin-Iowa, and you know me. I don't get excited about most college football games. I'm jacked for this one. Yeah, I I mean, I'm ex- I love Iowa because they are so similar to Wisconsin while doing it a little differently, but I see myself in them if that makes sense when it comes to defense and yeah. how they play and the toughness. But also, I I'm excited for this month and this game specifically cuz it feels like this team we watched beat Maryland on Saturday 23 to 10 and then Purdue the week before, it's the team we kind of expected to see when the year started. Yeah. And a lot has gone on. Uh, health has not been on their side. They're finally healthy on the offensive line. They get Hunter Wohler back. Like the guys we see out there making plays, it's kind of how we forecasted this season. We just had to wait months. So the fact we get at least three games of it, starting with Iowa, mm. definitely gets the juices going. And then, I, I mean, this Iowa team is just hilarious. They started the year with like, literally the worst offense in the last 30 years of college football, yeah. they had one scholarship wide receiver for three weeks. They were throwing a walk-on. They were throwing to nobody. They've kind of found some sort of a, a of a groove against Northwestern, who sucks, and Purdue, who they always are able to beat somehow. So they've risen from 130th in the country to 100th. They're still terrible on offense. But it's a really fun team to watch because they probably have the best punter in the country, Tory Taylor. Their defense is top five, top ten in the country. And then their offense just hands games away. So I'm fascinated to see if if Wisconsin can take advantage of that. There's a lot of Jim Leonard chatter, a lot of buzz. I I don't know what the situation is there. We're hearing a lot of rallying cries from players that it's time. What are you hearing from the program? What are you hearing in Madison about, you know, any decision around Jim Leonard and kind of where that whole situation stands? Well, uh, not thrilled that he hasn't been hired yet, frankly. I said that last week. I just, the momentum's there. It's clear he's the guy. You'd rather do it earlier than later when it comes to retaining talent and acquiring it. However, they did just get a commitment from a 2023 quarterback uh, yesterday. So I guess they are still able to to bring guys in. I'm not hearing much. I I haven't been thrilled with how Chris McIntosh has handled it with the search firm and all that stuff. I just, I'm not a fan of waiting when it comes to college football. And player-wise, like the players loved Paul Chris. So uh, it's great that they love Jim Leonard, but that doesn't mean everything, obviously. And winning definitely helps. But there's real juice with him. 100% he's the next head coach. So I don't really see why you don't do it sooner rather than later. But it'll happen. It'll happen. Yeah, Giannis loved Jason Kidd, too. That doesn't always mean the end of the world. That's not always the biggest take. Yeah, Ben Kenny, Kenny and Heilprin coming up in a few minutes. Zach Heilprin will join him as well. Uh, do you have a thought on Tennessee, Georgia and what that meant for the college football playoff? I did watch that game. It was a little bit of a snoozer, but I want credit for watching it. Uh, uh, credit to you. Yeah, it, uh, <laughs> a lot of billing as game of the year did not live up to it. Georgia crushed them. I hate the college football playoff. I hate the college football playoff rankings. This is my biggest boomer take. I wish they went back to the BCS. Like, I, I want to watch the games on Saturday and not just have to hear the playoffs shoved down my throat. Sure. Rankings-wise, I think the way the committee goes about it is somewhat ridiculous. When it comes to top 25 wins mean everything, but what about a top 28 win? That just doesn't count. Just all, all the arbitrary cutoffs they have, I am uh, quite displeased with. So 
What does it mean? I mean, Georgia is the best team, the best program in the country right now. I think the bigger result from the weekend is Alabama losing. Starting to see them slip a little bit. Yeah. Not playing as good defense as we've seen. They are really struggling on the road, really against all opponents they play. That's the bigger impact there because Brian Kelly's in his first year. He beats Bama at home with a roster that he hasn't fully constructed yet. So maybe we're seeing Alabama tail off. I will say parodies at an all-time high because you got Georgia, Ohio State, you have Tennessee, obviously, TCU, Oregon, LSU, Bama. So many teams can win it, but in the end, Georgia definitely will. All right, lastly, Badger basketball started last night. Do you have a take on Badger basketball? I really don't. I watched some of it. I was like, yep, this is basically what I expected to see when I turned on the TV. Do you have a take, and are you going to talk about that on tonight's Kenny and Heilprin? Yeah, we'll touch on it, definitely. 1-0 is good. I don't have a strong take. I'm entering the season with an open mind, Grant. I I just want to be pleased and enjoy myself and have fun. But they played well. Tyler Wall played great. Uh, I, I like some of the new additions and, and what they showed on the court, but nothing concrete, no. Okay. Uh, you enjoy the show tonight. I'm looking forward to it. And also, tell Zach, I feel like I did something to upset him. I'm not one to work through beefs on the air. Is, you know, this is probably something that I did or said. I just, it's felt different. It's felt off between us. And I miss him on this show. I, I want him back. I, I want to have a nice Zach Heilprin hit. So if you could just tell him my best, and I, I want him back. I miss him. So if you could pass that along. I'll pass it along. Thank you, Grant. Thanks, Ben. Have a good show. Thanks. Yeah, that's Ben. Ben Kenny. Kenny and Halpern coming up in a few minutes. I feel like I did something. I don't know what it is. I feel like a husband that has upset his wife, and I'm too dumb to realize what it was. Except I've never even met Zach in person. I'm not married to Zach. Our circumstances were a little bit different. Yeah, I, I love the college. I'm weirdly into the college football talk right now. I watched Bama, or not Bama LSU, but... Tennessee and Georgia. It's so bizarre to me that Tennessee lost that game and the majority of people in college football were like, oh, this is great for Tennessee because now they can avoid the SEC championship game. They can essentially avoid another loss as long as they don't falter down the stretch, which isn't a given. But in theory, we're talking about these things on paper and how these things will play out on paper. It's so bizarre to me that Tennessee lost in a game that wasn't really close and everyone comes out of that game saying, well, this actually works out okay for Tennessee because now they just cruise to an 11-1 and finish or whatever the final record is. They avoid the SEC championship game. They avoid the pitfall of losing to another elite team, and they coast into the college football playoff. And I know this is not the only time that that's happened. I know I'm not breaking ground here by bringing this up, but it is this weird loophole situation that we've seen, I don't know, a couple of times over the last few years. And I can't remember, is it somewhere in the last five years? might have even been a year or two ago. Bama dodged an SEC championship game or wasn't in an SEC championship game. And again, it works out because if that team can continue and and finish their season with only one loss, they're not going to be kept out of the college football playoff, right? Assuming it's a a team with some prestige and Bama obviously is. And I think Tennessee has earned it with a win over Bama, but Bama can't win on the road. Nick Saban refusing to go and play on the road is such an interesting underlining storyline in the SEC and in college football. I don't know. Wisconsin, Iowa, this is going to be I think for fans like me who don't live and die with every game, don't live in Madison, but like watching college football, I think this Saturday is going to be the game that we've been waiting for. Water has kind of found its level with the Badgers. As Ben said, this is the team that we're expecting. They're playing an opponent that we're familiar with. That is the style of a team that we're familiar with. And it's in a location that's going to be awesome in Kinnick Stadium. Road trip fell through. Maybe that's what Zach is upset about. Do you think Zach's upset that I kind of, 
I just didn't hold up my end of the bargain to our Kinnick Stadium road trip. Maybe he was expecting me to call and make the reservations for a hotel or, I don't know, chip in for gas. I Maybe I was just assuming. I, I just assumed too much. Maybe that's the issue. We do miss Zach on this show. And I'm looking forward to Kenny and Halpern. It might be the best show on our network. Seriously, every Tuesday and Thursday. I'm excited to listen when the show is done. You should do the same thing. And you can follow the show account at Kenny and Heilprin for all the latest. I hear that the intro is going to be provocative. So I don't know what that entails, but I'm looking forward to it. You can get your Wisconsin breakdown tomorrow. We'll talk more Badgers and more Packers. I don't know. Maybe that hindsight 2020 thing. Maybe that's a fun segment. Knowing what we know now, what would we go back and change? Let's do that tomorrow. That sounds fun. Enjoy the rest of your night. Enjoy Kenny and Heilprin. I'll talk to you tomorrow night at 4. Thank you.